Ecstasy Nation. My friends, my family, how are we? How are we doing on this fine summer evening? This fine fucking summer evening. Yes, sir, baby. It's we're episode two of Summer of Wayne. We are doing it again. Yep, we are back with episode two of our Summer of Wayne series. Dylan and I making the deep dive through Little Wayne's full discography. We were alive for the whole thing. We were not present of mind well you were a little bit but a little bit but i mean it was scratching the surface not yeah. getting anywhere near where i should have been really given how much i did enjoy the stuff that i heard at the time but you know i wasn't the person that i am today i didn't really put that much stock into music so it's understandable but i was definitely missing out i was completely out of the mix on it and it's a pleasure now to be yeah i don't know if we got into this at all last time but you were aware were you aware of those like singles on the radio that stuff from the carter three but it just didn't register were you not even like I was anti. You know, I was like, you were probably time. used I, anti. But I like, thought of him as like, if you weren't doing like super politically conscious hip hop, you weren't doing real. Okay, hip-hop. right. We did so, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Wayne was just out of the mix for yeah. me completely. You were aware of it, but it just did nothing for you. It was not something yeah. you could bother yourself with. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I'm trying to think. I think the first time I started getting into him actually was when I got into Drake. Probably, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like about senior year of high school, that sort of opened me up to Wayne as like someone who I should take a little more seriously than I had been. And uh, I was going to say, would, that would have been shortly before Take Care came out, like a year before or so. I mean, you graduated that year, but yeah, it wasn't until later that year. Yep. I had gotten into Think Me Later a little bit. <clears throat> okay, I gotcha. In the spring and summer of like 2011. And then once Take Care came out, it was off to the races. Right. And, yeah. And at that point, you fully just considered Lil Wayne an artist and not somebody that was just pop fodder. Yeah, my, my understanding of hip hop had changed enough where I wasn't coming in with this like weird bias where like everything had to be socially conscious or like jazz and like, just this like super boxing. Oh, dude, like, you would have been such a J. Cole head in high school. Yeah, I was a, just, just a fucking everything asshole. For you. I was just an asshole. All right, but before we get into that, <laughs> I haven't seen you in about a week or so. We've been sending some texts back and forth a little bit, but like, what have, what have you been jamming on? What are you listening to lately? So, yeah, I mean, again, like, I, I keep going back to, I don't even know if I had really kind of brought this out, like, on the whole to you, but I have been on this uh, quest of sorts to listen to every single release that every Pitchfork artist on the lineup has put out. Oh. So I'm literally just trying to listen to literally everything just to see if I could. So it's that when I keep going back to, like, oh, the, you know, people in the Pitchfork builds, like, I'm making my way through their entire discogs. And uh, this week I've been getting in more into, the Saw Pink Truth, whose uh, record Shall We Go On Sitting So That Grace May Increase last year, was one of my favorites of the year. And uh, he's one half of the experimental electronic group Matt Most, and he's released a lot of kind of interesting experimental house records throughout the last couple decades. So you've been enjoying it too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really love his stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Sonic Youth, just because of Kim Gordon, just another excuse to listen to all those records oh, again. Oh, Kim, Kim Gordon's going yeah, yeah, she's going to be there. I've got to listen to her solo work. I've never done that. She, I mean, only has one solo album that came out in 2019. She had it spent in a couple of other bands, but to my knowledge, she only has like one solo project out. Hmm. Um, and then aside from, oh, and yeah, I mean, a lot of Ty Seagull, who actually just put out a record a couple of days ago, and I haven't gotten around to yet, but I'm very excited to listen to it. That's the artist I think I'm going to go into next. I think that'll be my next. Like, yeah, we've talked teased a little bit about how you, we think that he'd be an act that you'd like. But yeah, I mean, there, man, there's just so much there that like there are different like sides of him and like certain records that I could see you really liking and some others not and maybe as much. But like there's just there's a lot there for any kind of fan of rock music in general. Is, he just so does he, a lot of things. He does well. he shift sounds? Oh a yeah, lot. pretty dramatically. I mean, uh, 2014's Manipulator was kind of like a. You know, he uh, just kind of uh, congealed it all into one sort of record. But like before that, he has had some that were like soft acoustic records, some that were just like straight up psychedelic garage rock, some that were more noisy. Some, I mean, it just kind of ran the gamut. But he did everything pretty well, and he's a great songwriter. Um, 
yeah, and just super prolific. So like, you know, not everything is fantastic, but it's all pretty good. And this, like this that, first though. record, oh yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's especially with that earlier stuff too, because the sound was just changing so dramatically. It was just exciting to hear what he'd be able to do. Yeah, does and, he self-record? Is he a lot of? Um, he know, he definitely. I don't know these days what it's looking like. He, I mean, a lot of that early stuff was self-recorded for sure. Okay. But uh, it's hard to say, and especially with like the Tyson Gold Band. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm under the impression that he's doing a lot more stuff under that name. I mean, he only had that live record out before this one. I'm not sure if they're involved in this one or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, more studio polished. Uh, certainly, as far as, uh, I mean, the time frame, this is the first record in two years, so it's a very, like, just a weird thing for him to be putting on such a, you know, lapse of time between records. Yeah. Um, I think of him as like a three record a year kind of guy. Oh, he was. Oh, yeah. With yeah. like various different acts. Like he'd do stuff with White Fence. He'd do stuff under right. his own oh, name. Right. He, he would had, do stuff yeah. with like Michael Cronin. Like it definitely like a lot, had a lot of different projects. And it was just cool to see what, you know, again, where he was going to go with it. Yeah. But I've also, I think I mentioned this to you, but uh, somewhat recently I've been kind of going back into earlier future Young Thug projects just for fun, just because I hadn't heard a lot of this stuff uh, in, like pre Dirty Sport 2 and Barter 6 respectively in a while. So. Mm-hmm. It's been like I, like Pluto. Just I was like so much of the stuff I really do enjoy in a way that I did not think that I would. Pluto's before Dirty Spray too. Yes, that was his actual debut. That came out in 2012. Honest was 2014. Is it the one with Turn Off run. the Lights? I think. Oh God, I gotta go back. I, mean, I that sounds super familiar. Okay, yeah. Turn off the yes, that's one of the last. And songs then the on future, there. the, the record. What's yep. the other record before uh, Honest? Honest is the that was the one, one I was. That was when I think right. It's first got was uh, like, move that dope. Yep, move that dope in the title track, yep. and I think there's a track with Kanye. And but yeah, no, it's it's fun to just hear how well he was utilizing auto tune so early on. It just seemed like it was just such a natural pairing, so tastefully exercised. And, and then oh, Dirty Spray Two is coming off the heels of that little mixtape run mix too, run. though, right? Yeah, little, it was a nights. legendary mixtape run. Yeah, bro. and then and the, well and. It's in the middle of like the full legendary run, right? He does the three. He does like Fifty Six Nights, Monster Beast Mode. Mon- yeah, Monster Beast then Mode. Then he 56, does Dirty Sprite Two, yeah. and that's really the run. That's like and the then, legendary. Well, run. and then I feel like people still consider within that like the if you're reading this. Oh, no. Well, uh, that, I mean, it's Drake though. That's just I'm Drake sorry, not if you're reading this. What time to be alive sorry, is not yeah, part of the run. That was the beginning of the downfall. I, that, that was the first then, uh, signs that there, you know, what, we might be running on empty here. What about what about? Uh, was oh, Future it? Hendrix and Evil. Future Hendrix. Yeah, see, yeah. those were like the writings on the wall. And then Evil, I feel like, is considered the, like, I thought at least was considered, like, the last of, like, the wave. Yeah. And, like, yeah, maybe, like, the beginning of the day. I thought Future Hendrix people liked a lot because it had that Wicked, which was, like, a Oh, huge no, pe- people definitely wiggy, did, wiggy, for wiggy, sure. Wiggy, wiggy. And um, there was that one, like, flute. Led song on that first record of his that I'm blanking on. Yeah, I actually like some of that stuff on those two records. It's all about like when he linked up with Metro, right? That's what sets the. Yeah, I think so. Oh, Mask Off. That was like that and was a big Southside. one for him. Yeah, yeah, Mask Off was huge. Yeah, but oh, I mean the, the Metro era was. I mean that's what it was. Beethoven, Southside, Metro <laughs> Boomin. I mean just undeniably great producers. Come but so that's been fun to revisit though. Yeah. Um, what about you though? How's the Dead doing? <laughs> the Dead are doing well. Uh, Season uh, season three of Thirty Six from the Vault just wrapped up, so I might be slowing down a little bit, but it's still oh, summer, shit. so I feel like I'm I'm gonna be cranking the yeah. Dead we're up. deep in Dead Season, baby. Man. But I've been <laughs> on, that. on a same road. Weirdly enough, I've been getting back into uh, Pearl Jam a little bit for the first time in a long time. That's I, very surprising. I say same road because Stephen Hyden has that Celebration Rock series that he does on Pearl yes. Jam too. So I've just been I've just pivoted from one like Stephen Hyden kind of like classic rock just make the rest of hiding core to another yeah i'm just going my way i don't know what happened the pearl gym thing happened just literally because my coworker Dwayne, who's in this awesome band jacked everyone should check out if they haven't yet um he 
we were at work the other day and he thought he heard me singing that song the fixer from their 2009 album backspacer it's ah. such like a random and he started singing he's like are you singing pearl jam and i was like no what what song is that though that you're singing right there what is that and he's like oh it's that pearl jam song the fixer and i hadn't heard or i'd like forgot about that song existing since like 2009 when it came out which was like the end of me being kind of interested in pearl jam and mm. I don't know what's happened here. In this last week, that song just sent me down like a pipeline of like, hmm. I went back and listened to the one album by them that I really liked the most, the self-titled, the Avocado album. Oh, yes. Mm. And I I put on Pearl Jam when I ran the other day on the treadmill. I stacked up that song, The Fixer, and then uh, Life Wasted and Worldwide Suicide. And I ran the fastest mile I've ever run. So Eddie Vedder's <laughs> fucking... And like, they're just good up-tempo songs. Anyways, I'm looking at Pearl Jam in a new light for the first time in a while, and I'm loving it. Like, I... I just, I never thought I would hear you say these words. They're, I mean, they were a big high school band for me, as you know, me by too. my tastes. Yeah. I mean, like, undeniably had, I mean, a very strong opinions on Pearl Jam. And they were never one of my favorite bands, but a band that I had a lot of respect for and would really kind of go to bat for, especially as I started to fall out of the, I mean, later on in high school and college, the perception that, like, Pearl Jam were not considered cool and, like, yeah. this, that, whatever. But, like, I mean, the first, like, three to four records of theirs, I definitely go to bat for. I don't, I'm not that familiar with the 21st century work, but, like, the, the I mean, Ten versus Vitology. I mean, like, see, I gotta be honest. I, I don't like Ten, and yeah. I don't think I ever will. It's so like aggro. Like, it's got that like kind of red hot chili peppers. Like, boom, but the boom, boom, but like almost like pre new metal or something. And like that stuff, I'm not into. But I feel like it's proto new metal. Yeah, proto new metal. <laughs> I feel like after that and moving on later in their career, they become more of like a songwriter. Like, kind of. I don't want to say like. Like a, a bridge between like The Clash and Bruce Springsteen or something, hmm. and then like I mean I could see that uh, maybe well Sonic I think there are definitely shades of I mean both those bands throughout I part of me is that like the stuff that I've heard it's very I mean a lot of it does come down to the certainly the instrumentation and the production but like I also think he was just writing better like the song is just I don't know there's something about the songwriting in those first couple records that really left an impression whereas I feel like. It just kind of all blurs. It feels so samey, some of the imagery and stuff from the later ones. But, like, I haven't given it the due diligence that I should being somebody that liked that band that much at a certain point in time. But yeah. it's just weird to hear. Like, it just, yeah. I mean, how do you look at them now? Do you do you consider Pearl Jam, like, are you pro Pearl Jam? Oh, I'm definitely pro Pearl Jam for sure. The thing is, with any band like that, it's like, okay, you know, you keep trucking on long enough. There's going to be a lot of stuff here that I do not necessarily care for. But, like... I think those, again, the first couple records hold up, and I think that the stuff that I've seen, they're a tremendously good live act. Like, definitely a band that I would like to see live that's, at some point because they're just, I mean, they were just that good. That's the latest shift in perspective that I've had is, like, mm -hmm. not realizing that they're also, like, considered by some people to be, like, almost like the world's biggest cult band where, like, <laughs> yes. they do oh, have, yeah. like, a, yeah. like, a, like, the, my AP high school teacher, my AP Gov high school teacher was, mm -hmm. like, obsessed with Pearl Jam, and he wasn't really into other music. He was just, like, the way like some deadheads exist where it's just like I just yeah. love the dead and like that's yeah. all I listen to no and, other like, music from that time war in general or it's just like oh yeah I'm not going to talk to you about like 90s like big uh, tentpole grunge or alternative rock bands but like I you know I'm definitely going to see Pearl Jam live yeah, when I can't because and... they're considered yeah like what you're saying one of the best live bands and like they have such a deep catalog and they switch the set lists up and yeah. like take risks and like yeah their their bootleg history is supposed to be like rich and like such rich soil of, <laughs> of bootlegs. I might, you know what? Maybe I'll make my runs to Pearl Jam when I don't want the pitchfork business. I would, because like, I mean, there's again a lot there oh. that I haven't heard, and I don't want to. With anything else, it's like I, I hate being uh, so overly dismissive of whether there are acts that I liked at one point in time or not. If I'm not that familiar with a lot of it, so it's yeah. like just because I've, the stuff I've heard hasn't connected doesn't mean you know. I had this weird thing happen too, where like I put on the self-titled one today, and I remembered knowing like three songs from it, 
But it, the first three songs played through, and I was like, all right, yeah, those are the ones I know, but I'll let it keep going. Let's see mm-hmm. what I know better. Mm-hmm. And I was so surprised. Like, I didn't realize, like, I remembered, like, the first seven, and I was like, this like weird i felt like i was in like a movie or something it was like what do i actually know this whole album and like i don't even remember it or something have you ever had that happen like yeah i mean i can't necessarily i definitely know that sort of feeling where just it all kinds kind of comes flooding back and you're like where i don't even place when like like i, I started singing along i was like wait what like I, I, like the song severed hand came out and i was like oh this feels good this feels good you and kind of singing familiar. Along, like, and then the i started f- singing along and i was like why do i know the words like, uh, this yeah. doesn't make any sense like and then the next song comatose that i kept going i was like what the fuck i think that's that? probably happened most with like bruce springsteen songs that i haven't heard in a while or like david gray songs where it's like it's there's something about that just for my parents where it's kind of or even like obviously van morrison where it's kind of deeply ingrained and i don't know exactly when but like if i heard it i would just be able to sing it back right it remind thing. it reminds me of like then they talk about have you ever heard of those people where they going like unconscious or have a coma and then they wake up and they can speak a different language oh yeah the weirdest yeah. thing that's what i thought i was like wait what i have this like hidden knowledge i didn't know about like of pearl jam's 06 self-titled record like, oh man yeah so yeah pearl jam definitely banned to check out more of if you haven't and i, I mean easy to be dismissive of but yeah i think that there's a lot of stuff there that is not when, quite as cookie cutter as it's you, made out to be when you get those acts that are that big and i mean wayne is one of those two, I think. Oh, he's definitely one? a good example of something like that, where you hear a couple of songs, and it's just like, oh, what the fuck is this and shit? When you're that big, too, I just think it's interesting how, like, there's so many different ways you can be viewed. Like, yeah. Over, yeah, like, there's... You can just keep peeling back the layers on, like, is this artist interesting? Are they not interesting? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, Pearl I mean, Jam, I thought, were uninteresting, and now I'm, like, seeing them in a new way. Nothing changed. They didn't, like, put out a record or anything. Right, and I keep going back to just, like, various kind of one-offs or whatever. Like, you know, you'd hear Pearl Jam on classic rock radio today, and you might hear something where it's just like, okay, I don't know, maybe that's not for me. But, or, like, same with Lil Wayne, you hear, you know, something off one of the latter records or whatever on just, like, you know, mainstream hip-hop radio or whatever, and it's just like, okay, this is not for me or nothing special. But, I mean... It's just it's, yeah, I mean, there's just so much there that it's an easy thing to sort of be overtly knee jerking. Yeah. But yeah, uh, with Lil Wayne, it's yeah, it's definitely interesting. Again, how much he's put out and how young he was when he started putting stuff out, and how young he still is. I mm-hmm. mean, it is just remarkable. And like we're going through stuff today where I mean, all the stuff we're going to talk about, he, he was still a teenager for. Like that we have not crazy. gotten really him is. turning twenty yet. Wow, he still can't legally drink. Yeah. So today yeah. we're doing we're doing two records. We're doing Five Hundred Degrees, his third studio album, and then the first of the Carter series, The Carter One. Yes. The Carter One. A whole yeah. lot smarter, a whole lot richer. A whole lot richer <laughs> and a whole lot smarter. It's the fucking Carter, baby. We're get, yeah, we're getting to a point in time where he's actually got some memorable hooks, even if, you know, they're not memorable and, you know, the, you know stuff that's not super dated, like a little bit dated rather and kind of corny, but like he was just, he was getting to a point where he could actually write hooks, whereas I don't think you can say that about those first couple records. There's this weird thing that's happening as we're going through this series where like, these records are still records from before. I was like conscious of what was going on. And I mean, like, obviously like, so this came out in what was it uh oh four i think it was. the carter one was oh four yeah uh yeah so yeah for the carter one like oh four so i'm not really like fully into music yet at this time and it's interesting how this stuff does when i play it back it sounds like i have no attachment to it like there's mm-hmm. just like little mm-hmm. details of like hooks where i'm like this feels so outdated and like so unfamiliar to me and then it's been interesting as we move into like i should say that's more towards the previous records and now mm-hmm. as we get to the carter one i can feel it's weird it's like they're starting to speak a language I'm familiar with musically. Like I can yeah. feel it starting to like, it's just such a weird thing. Like, Oh yeah, no, it's absolutely true. And I, I was thinking a lot about how it's interesting. Cause I mean, Lil Wayne's such an influential rapper on a lot of the rappers that we like and a lot of stuff that's just happening in hip hop throughout the last decade or so. And 
it is weird to think about how so many people that draw from him. I mean, these songs are a lot. I think still think on 500 Degrees and the Carter One, some stuff you know tends to overstay its welcome. I mean, these are yeah. ridiculously over long records, and like even within the songs themselves, I mean, they just some of the hooks just. I mean, it's like it just kind of lags on for a while. Too many verses, etc. And think about how you know much more condensed and succinct a lot of his forebears came from, even though they're still very much you know working within his sort of style and lane. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and like. 500 degrees. I mean, you know, I still think there's a lot on there that really it just it, it feels like it's disconnected from like the little way that I know. It still feels like a yeah. relic from a completely different world, and he's just he's like not that sort of yeah, exactly. Like shedding these like past versions to like find the true Super Saiyan Wayne that we know or whatever. That's right. And I, did you listen? So you haven't listened to any of the drought mixtapes or any of the other tapes? No, I've. Is that from this? Am I that I fuck up? Well, is the that, drought, the, the drought, and the drought one. Yeah, one and two are within this time frame. Oh, and man, you have to put me on game today. Okay, well, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just curious because we're also getting to the point where, like, he was releasing uh, full links alongside just a bunch of mixtapes, and mm-hmm. it's interesting to hear about how, like, at least so far, because um, I, I kind of think I alluded to earlier on an earlier episode how sometimes with, like, mixtapes, you're getting the most, like, some in some cases, the most interesting and artistically vital sort of stuff, the stuff that, you know, the labels wouldn't have any say in and, like, I'm not going to say it's the case with Lil Wayne, but there are definitely artists whose best work are on mixtapes. I mean, people yeah. argue that about Clips. Oh, yeah. I already argued endlessly about Gucci, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, Gucci, but, for sure. Yep. Um, so, you know, just to hear how that what's going to sort of evolve alongside his studio works. And, like, there are songs from The Drought 1 on The Drought 2. Uh, both are, you know, again, over long. It doesn't seem like there was as much care and consideration put into them as they are in the full length so far, but I would not be surprised if it starts to shift just given the nature of what that is and what he was able to sort of get, a, what any rapper is able to get away with within that format. Yeah. But I, you know, I, along with uh, 500 Degrees, I don't think they're necessarily essential listens, especially for anybody that really is curious about, you know, Wayne coming into his own. I mean, there's not a lot of this stuff that I really feel like I can recommend heart, like wholeheartedly. I do think like the Carter One is really the place to start for anybody that's really that curious. Like, Unless you want to do a full run, like you should start with the Carter One. Go DJ was definitely the first, the first song that we've heard where like I know it, like in mm. some way, like mm-hmm. it feels familiar and like yeah, yeah. The other thing that I'm curious to pay attention to as this goes on is watching. We're talking about like watching the true Little Wayne kind of emerge slowly, like shedding. And also, I just want—I'm like—I'm curious to watch like, what is that? Like, what are the what are the features that make like the classic Wayne that we know, and what are the things that distinguish him as being like the best rapper of that era? Like, what separates him? Like, as this continues to go, I just want to keep like a keen eye on that. Right, and we've yeah, you've touched on a little bit earlier, like just like the shit references and like yeah just i mean the the goofy over the top aspect of his craft is evident here and like some of the um he's so playful yeah the playfulness the punchlines that he uses the Mm -hmm. word like some of that stuff definitely you know has been present sort of this whole time he's slowly but surely refining it i think using his voice more melodically is something that is slowly emerging on the carter one that wasn't as evident before I love when he speaks about his gun, his Nina, as a person. Oh, like, yeah. Nina and Nina. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of my favorite it, Wayne tropes. I don't know if you really noticed, but on the Carter 1, 2, there's so... I mean, it was present to a degree as well in the earlier records, but it seems like there's still so much, like, reference to just gang violence and just, like, really intense, like, bloody imagery. But, again, the delivery is so playful. It's, the juxtaposition is kind of jarring in some ways. Like, a lot of just the sort of things that he's rapping about and like just, you know, how he, his delivery, his cadences and everything. It's, I mean, again, we're, he's slowly becoming more of himself, but it's still, it, it is kind of shocking to hear like just how that, you know, sort of formed, especially 
knowing the you know little bit that I know about you know his coming up, it's yeah. just when like obviously he's completely working with Birdman at this time. They're close compadres, and uh, I don't even remember. It was Manny Fresh producing the Carter One. Do you know who was? Yeah, oh yeah, he's all over. He, okay, he's I was gonna say it definitely still sounded like a lot of that earlier stuff as well from a production standpoint. But yeah, I think he he produces pretty much every track on it. Okay. Yeah, yep. that's not surprising, but um, yeah, I just I feel like uh, Lil Wayne, like on some of the early ones, but not necessarily just the Hot Boys ones, but some of the early ones he did. Sometimes I get the sense that he's kind of receding into the background. It's not like he's you know, like really kind of at the fore of everything here. And he's not. The like, one, he's really taking command. It feels sure. like someone else is directing the show, and yes. then he's like, he'll come in. Yeah, I feel like both albums don't like even start with him as like the first volt first like voice on right. it or whatever mm -hmm. he, he like pops in finally on like track three like Manny Fresh and Birdman have talked it up now like yeah right yeah it's his chance um yeah I mean, the Carter Carter one is definitely my favorite project so far out of everything we've gone through I I've been loving it I mean between some of my favorites so far have been like Cash Money Millionaires oh, yeah. which I believe is the first from what I've seen the first song on record where Wayne states straight up best rapper alive Oh, is that right? I heard that. I thought a couple of times on here, and best uh, rapper alive. That's definitely. The, oh yeah, since the best rapper retired. <laughs> which is yep. a funny, I love that line. Oh yeah, but I mean, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. This is for sure, like the one so far. I, I bring mean, it back to the bottom of the map. Go DJ. I bring it Burp back. Junior. Uh, oh man. Fucking only way. I mean, yeah. There's some there's really fun stuff on here, and it like. Again, like I, I keep referring back to like how okay, like this, you know, it's a little bloated, and I, I do think like even within certain songs, you know, some stuff overstays its welcome and uh, it can kind of, you know, bleed together a little bit. But, like, he, I mean, he's definitely coming into it. He's 18 when he recorded this. I mean, he, he's definitely, like, still <laughs> so growing, incredible. still developing. Like, yeah. really beginning to sort of hit this. And, yeah, I, I do think we should keep uh, track of some of these hallmarks again because, like, as I'm thinking of it, it's, like, some stuff is just so hard to exactly pinpoint, like, what he, because again, it, I feel like a lot of his style is somewhat omnipresent in a lot of rappers today. Like, oh yeah, not even just specifically within rap music, but in general, it's like you can hear a lot of his sort of like sly, playful swagger in the delivery of mm -hmm. a lot of different rappers. And I just, I don't know if I can really articulate a lot of that stuff. I mean, he's the first, also, just like on a, it's almost comically like broad level. He's the first like big Lil, right? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I, was Lil Kim pretty big? Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, Lil Kim was big, but okay. Sure. I, I, first I don't male, have a you're right. You're right. No, that's a, that's fair. The first like big male could have been. Yeah, Lil. I don't. I can't think of another one before him that would have been that I big. I think he sets that tone. I mean, there's that through line from Wayne to Baby. Oh, Wayne abso to Pump. absolutely. The, no, the legends of the Littles. Yeah, young. Th I mean, even young. It's just like young Lil. I mean, he was definitely just setting a tone there the for one sure. Right there. The king, yeah. the captain. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, with this one, too, there's something else I was going to blank, kind of blanking on. See, okay, so hmm. if I can switch tones. Oh, yeah, no, too, absolutely. Switch Go records. Ahead. Go ahead. 500 Degrees, where were you at with that one? Oh, <laughs> yeah, so 500 Degrees, I mean, I don't know if there's much about this that I really feel you know, differentiated that much as far as, like, some of the earlier ones. I mean, again, with all these, I think each one is kind of getting a little bit better, and, you know, there's some definitely a lot more memorable stuff on here than there are, like, the first two. But, um, yeah, there's not – I mean, I think the title track's pretty good. Um, 
I like, uh, I mean, yeah, just uh, kind of a handful on here, but a lot of it did not really do much for me, to be honest. Yeah, I group it in with those first two also as like, well. I just, yeah, and again, we I think we mentioned that this probably should have been with on that first episode, and I do think, yeah, it sort of like caps off that era of like, oh, really kind of still finding his voice. and The Carter does seem like the start of like yeah. the Wayne that we it's Very, um, you know, just app that he titled it the carter just after you I mean I, yep. I, it's this is like the beginning of sorts and uh yeah i, I don't really want to just outright dismiss that earlier stuff but there's not too much that i really pull out as i feel like essential way like again you go back to unless you want to do like the run you got to start like if you're just kind of generally curious you got to go with the carter one nothing else is really gonna do him justice necessarily I imagine when he plays live too. I feel like Go DJ is probably the furthest back. He's. I mean, maybe he does like a the block is hot. Like. Oh yeah, I could see that. Bring that out occasionally, but yeah, yeah the DJ probably. Like regularly speaking, that's got to be. Yeah. yeah. No, I can't imagine. I mean, I don't know, and yeah, this it just obviously set the tone. I mean, he's had four sequels to this, and like you know, half sequels to a lot of his records. But it's you know very telling that he chose this one and followed it up twice within a couple of years. I mean. Yeah. Shit is surprisingly hot. Borderline Fast and Furious type <laughs> shit right here. We got a franchise on our hands. Oh, man. I wonder if how much... Like, I'd like to know when Manny Fresh this kind of falls out of the picture. Oh, he's not even on uh, the second one that much. This might be the last Manny Fresh project. Interesting. That is interesting. Because, yeah, there's a lot more. And, like, I don't know if you knew Robin Thicke is on the Carter 2. Like, yeah. He's working with, like, more established kind of pop names. Um, but, yeah, that's that is they had a nice re- little run right here. I'm glad that they got one record where Wayne was, you know, kind of coming to the fore a little bit and dominating these songs and not, you know, just letting Birdman sort of steer him in that way. What were your favorites off of the Carter? Off of the Carter, I mean, uh, yeah, I think. I like Birdman Jr. I like... Uh, Birdman Jr. is sweet. Yeah. I like... Uh, Bring It Back is my yeah, one, man. Bring It Back is great. I mean, that's definitely up there for sure. That um, Manny Fresh intro, too, where he's... <laughs> all the chickens. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Go DJ is just fun. I like uh, Only Way. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple that are pretty good. And, you know, there's a couple of skits in here, too. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily... And I, I don't know if we've necessarily talked about, you know, skits on records in general it's not something that like oh we talked about that unfortunate one on uh what was that record i don't know if it was the block is out of the one um the other one that we listened to last time but there was one that had uh you know a transphobic remark on one of them but like the skits on here are short and sweet they don't really overstay their welcome it's yeah. not something you really hear on records that much these days like, they're just a real time stamp it's just like a real reminder so much of, of these are. are a time stamp for sure and sadly you know with the baby's remarks last week not all that much has really changed in a large sense but um no it's yeah clearly time stamped it's not like it's something that you know it's reflected just across the board in music now I mean, you wouldn't be able to get away with that stuff now but i know. was meaning too just like skits are like such a time stamp of that moment in hip-hop of like having skits oh, yeah. all over the, yeah, you hear like, like skits and like interludes on like records occasionally like hip-hop or otherwise but it's like this was the sort of thing where this was sort peak of a cd era oh yeah it was a tried and true thing it was just an expectation that there would probably be some skits on here it's something that like everyone seemed to do at one point or another and mm. now it definitely like the mixtape itself is uh, a relic of a former decade I'm thankful. I don't need skits. I'm no. and you, you can, I'm going on record right now. I'm anti-skit. anti-skit. Man, the college dropout, that second half, you get to a point where there's like. <laughs> it can be exhausting. Yeah. Dude, it's like not broke, even like. Broke, 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 broke. Yeah, that's, there's like two skits back to back at one point. It's like, <laughs> it's like, all right, dude, like Jesus Christ. Also, I feel like skits like. 
sometimes albums don't need to be that cohesive with a theme. Sometimes it's like, let's just have the 10 loose songs and oh, yeah. they're good songs. We don't need to find some like fake fucking framework to fit them into and shit. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily anti-skit, but I think more often than not, they're completely unnecessary. What was I, the last like classic hip-hop album that had some skits? Good Kid, Mad City? They're not even skits. They're well, just no, like good ends kid, of songs. Right. Those are like literal like outros or something, basically. Yeah. I wouldn't even call that necessarily a skit. And that's, I mean, maybe just the most tasteful use of skits in the hip hop record in recent memory where you have that kind of a, you know, uh, dialogue or whatever <laughs> that is going to like, well, let's see, uh, shape the narrative in that way, but it's not necessarily relegated to its own track. And I think that's a, sort of a good way to go about it, especially if it's not, you know, something that, or actually I, I prefer it if it was <laughs> tacked on, bless you again, on the end of like radio hits or something where it's just like, oh, they're going to cut this out and you don't want to hear it. I kind of love messing with the audience in that way, but yeah, Good Kid's a record that necessitates having some skits on there to Butterfly. Really, anything that Kendrick does, even like late registration, I don't, I don't, I'm not like opposed to the nature of it. I think he just kind of goes over the top with it. But it's still, I think, an inspired choice all around. And like what you were speaking to, not every album necessarily needs that. If you have like 10, 11 songs, whatever, that all kind of flow together and there's nothing that, you know, just kind of sticks out in that way. It works against the grain of what they're trying to do. Like, you don't necessarily need skits. Sometimes, like on that Justin Bieber record, it can kind of derail the whole thing if it feels like a tonal, a jarring, like, sort of tonal shift and it can disrupt the momentum in that way. But Yeah. I'm uh, just, I don't know. I'm in an anti, like, concept album phase right now where i just uh, feel like let's let songs be songs like let them just be free they don't need to all be tied together by some like that's interesting yeah well i can't say that i'm too super i mean i love hearing about the stuff just the phases of where you're at with your music listening habits and right now is a like a a strong anti-concept i was because i those one of my first favorite things in music oh yeah of course i mean just knowing your like history with like music and rock specifically of course there should be a whole story and the whole like yes of course cohesive fucking yeah like so it's a, it's a very easy thing to romanticize, especially at the age that you were at. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, look, I love the concept album. I think it's something that's definitely overdone and overblown. And, like, most concept records I don't need in my life. But, like, when it's executed well, I, I do appreciate oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's when, just, like, yeah. the thing is you really just got to go for it. I mean, you can't half-ass something like a concept record. You really just got to go balls to the walls with it. And, again, I don't think every record necessitates having, you know, interludes and, like, you know, stuff that just would sort of, like, shape it in that way. It's just not, mm-hmm. not necessary for the vast majority of records. But... It's cool to like listen to stuff like this. If like, like when with the CDs as well, like the eighty minute plus times that we're getting back through the streaming era because of you know just trying to rack up streaming numbers for playlists and whatnot, and how it's kind of ruining uh, records in general in that way. Man. But like the CD Ugh. era, yeah, you would just fill up as much as you could in the CD it fitted, and so you're gonna pay them the same amount as you would otherwise. And so yeah, there are definitely I think more bloated records than we start to see as like the decade goes on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, it's it's a cool little timestamp thing to kind of get back to. I mean, even, like, it, that's one of those interesting things, too, is measuring, like, how the trends of, like, album lengths change over time. Like, what mm-hmm. we are talking about with, like, the CD air, it was bloated. Looking at, like, the Carter right here, what, 21 songs, 79 minutes. Ridiculous. Just barely fit on there, baby. Ridiculous. Like, we got 80 minutes of space. Let's go. I mean, we're talking about this almost three is this it's, which, by the way, everyone turned 20 recently. Let's just yes, it did. gear up. Don't think that that is not still happening, that face-off between Dylan and I where we bring on a fully loaded, quote-unquote, fair roundtable, but everyone will actually be on my side. Oh, you always say a, a full panel of strokes enthusiasts. Exactly. Man, versus I Dylan. was just trashing on the last four records on Facebook in a Facebook group recently. I'm like, you're, The last you're four is what? Like, everything post Room on Fire. Yeah, I'm alright with that. That's no, cool. I know. We're not, we're not gonna be talking about those, but like I'm just, you know, I'm getting my my jabs in, getting just getting you know, warmed up a little bit. Yeah, taking the gloves find off it, a little find, bit. Find where those weak spots are. That's and, exactly right, baby. <laughs> but, learn no, where I need to bounce. 
Yeah, that's obviously that's the, not the stuff you guys will be defending. And I am curious if there are any other bands in that. You know, we'll talk about that later. This is not the episode for it, but yeah, I'm excited for it. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um. So yeah, with uh this record, it is just it's cool to hear that stuff and like, yeah, honestly, it's gonna be interesting. Like thinking about this being the first Carter, just what each one of those sounds like because. You know, I also remember, like, with the Carter 5, I mean, you know, they came out in 2018, we're deep in the streaming era, it was also a little bit bloated, but, like, there were some really great songs on there, and that was a surprisingly strong return to form that I was not expecting from him, necessarily, and it would just it'd be cool to hear that evolution specifically within this series, and, like, knowing that, like, that album was kind of in label purgatory for the better part of a decade. Right. I'm curious, too, how how he determines what makes something a card right. or not. Like, That's exactly like what we'd be able to so hear this in the work so much of like, especially during like this period, during like the early to mid aughts, he was just changing so rapidly from record to record that it's hard to imagine there being sort of a clear sonic or stylistic framework well, that these fall in. But Car- like, obviously he has his intention with this. Carter one, two and three all come back to back. Like yes. it seems like he hits that as just like, this is who I am. There now. are mixtapes in between, but like as far right. as studio records, that's just the run right there. Then he makes his little stylistic change, which is the stuff that I'm most excited to get into on the show. When we look at like rebirth, I'm not a human being. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a human being too. <laughs> so th- those all came before uh, Carter four. Yes. Okay. I'm Not a Human Being 2 comes after the Carter okay, 4. But yeah, I'm Not a Human Being a Rebirth. And then you know what's coming later this year, Dylan? I'm Not a Human Being 3. Hopefully we catch up oh, just in time. Oh that would my be incredible. God, that would be fucking awesome. That I'd would be sk- so beautiful. Oh, yeah. And that would be fun, too, to talk about, you know, Wayne Records outside of this series. But, yeah, just, like, coming full circle with that. of like, all right, and now the most recent. Yeah, you know, it's, it's fucking wild just how much he's been able to, despite, you know, the health issues, label issues, fucking all the bullshit with Birdman, aside, like label and just, you know, putting a hit out on him, so, you know, et cetera, et cetera. All the drama there, it's like his work, he's been incredibly prolific this whole time. And it, it, I spoke on this last episode, but it is honestly remarkable. It still blows my mind just how much he was able to accomplish. And, you know, within this period of time, like, yeah, he was a teenager. He was still kind of stringing this stuff together pretty quickly. And, well, I think a lot of it could have been thrown out you know it's still just what he was able to do with that young age with that little experience it's still pretty impressive and like yeah he's 18 he went to the carter one and i can pretty safely say that despite the fact that this isn't necessarily a record that i like that much i do think it's a record that is very indicative of him you know developing his own style that already seems somewhat imitatable i mean i said it before a little bit about how like this was the first one that feels like a language i'm familiar with like i just know this is the first one where like when i put it on for the second listen there were already some songs I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, this one. Like, the hook felt like it caught on earlier or something. Like, yeah. I had, yeah, like, I had just receptors that were built for this type of music more than, like, the previous records. So Carter too. I feel like this is just going to continue on now. I feel like this is the first one that yeah, we listened to where I'm ready. No, 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 it's where, like, I'm ready to, like, I'll probably play it again for fun, not just for research right. or whatever. No, I completely agree with that. Like, yeah. we're at a period now where... Yeah, this stuff is actually, you know, it's, I enjoy listening to it. There's a lot of stuff on here that does work pretty well. And, like, again, he just, he sounds like him, he sounds like his own rapper and not somebody that is imitating others or kind of as a, you know, just sort of in the background there under Birdman's wing. I mean, he's fucking flying on his own. It's beautiful, man. I just look at it. I think we got into this last episode, but I got to do some work on, like, mm-hmm researching where Birdman was at it. Like, what, what built up Birdman's fame? Like, Oh, yeah, because we talked a little bit about how he was recording some stuff at the time and, like, also sort of shepherding artists into his fledging label. Because now he just sort of, like, I feel like he's understood as just, like, obviously Wayne's bigger, a much bigger household name. Yes. But I feel like Birdman's almost, like, just known in the shadows of Little Wayne. Like, yeah. like, I don't know anything about Birdman that doesn't 
have to do with Lil Wayne. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, he's been. You know, I get that he's like the business kind of side more. I think, but yeah, he's I love on Birdman Junior though. Oh It's in stereo. It just goes across the channels. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. I mean, all everything around him is pretty synonymous with Cash Money. But again, if you think about Cash Money Records, Lil Wayne is who you think of immediately. Like, it's yeah. hard to and like he's been working with Young Thug. Uh, a little bit throughout the last like decade or so, but it's like yeah, if I, I don't think of him like if I think about him like yeah, Wayne's always gonna come up, Young Thug, Drake, Nicki Minaj, Rich Homie Quan actually as of late as well. But it's just like there is are, he still he's still alive doing stuff. Oh yeah, wow, I didn't know Quan was still in the game. All right, yeah, I honestly he I'm really so unfamiliar with his work, but yeah, he he was uh he's still active and he was another sort of early Birdman cosign. Um, but uh. Yeah, I I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to hear some of his own work too, and like, yeah, the fallout there is. I mean, there's already some like awful. Pl- there's plenty of awful stuff out there about him, and like just the way that you know the dealings kind of continue. It it the relationship becomes more strained. His acts become more questionable. Time. I mean, there's some real pretty fucked up early stuff that I don't even think I should be getting into. But like, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get into it as the series. It's a goes very on very too. tenuous relationship at times for sure. We can get into some of that too with our guests as they come on. Yeah, I mean, we've got Drake coming on for the next episode, which That's will be right. cool, so we can get more of a sort of an inside perspective on the YMCMB camp and sort of. We'll the grill the groomer on the the, gro- oh, the, on the groomer that Bird, grooming the that Birdman was grill doing. the groomer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh Lord. Yeah. <laughs> God, some risky fucking business. Speaking of Drake, voice. though, also this mm-hmm. was the first record where I felt like I could hear. I heard the Little Wayne flows that drake would later adopt oh yeah and pick up and like, i think that that's yeah as far as like speaking of stuff that like you recognize i think like that is for sure evident like yeah his flow some of the wordplay like his just his presence feels very evocative of the kind of stuff that was influencing people especially the turn of the last decade really like the early tens late odds oh, kind yeah. of thing like yeah this is the first one where it's like oh yeah like this is you can still kind of feel the ripples of this even though this is I was gonna say just still no still no auto tune yet though right that's that's no a, I don't think that there's been any auto tune yet we're still yet. that's like a feature of peak Wayne that I'm still waiting to like percolate into the mix yeah because I mean yeah people definitely I still think if you're gonna think of one artist that's really kind of popularized that T Pain always comes to mind yeah. first but like yeah I mean Lil Wayne was definitely and I mean a huge influence on Future in that way the way that he was able yeah. to utilize that through his raps I mean like it, there's no question he was pioneering that let him do the pain. sing song like you were yeah. saying earlier be more melodic like yes. he was free to like not have to be a good singer and then he could just get in there and kill him right. with his ideas yep Absolutely. Yeah, because I think, yeah, like T-Pain definitely, T-Pain and then Kanye kind of gets the credit for like... Oh, yeah, I mean, with 808s, like specifically that record, for sure. Making it more like art-y, quote-unquote, or like critically friendly. And then like Justin Vernon, too, a little later with like Woods yeah. and shit. Uh, and like oh, yeah, because I mean, that, that was still the, in the odds. I mean, yeah, Creek he, came out in uh And then uh, like Woods. Yeah, yeah, Woods. Yeah, Woods, yep. Um, but I also, but I think of like when I think of like the Trinity of like making auto tune huge at the time. I think T Pain, Kanye West, and I. I think Lil Wayne too. Like, yeah, no, I think that's definitely fair to say for sure. Yeah, that was just such like a, like a neon clubby era. Like neon, I don't, like neon. I just think of like the colors neon green and pink, and like when I think of like Lil Wayne at that time and all the auto tune, just like what records for number one, Flo Rida being so big. Yeah, Wonderful ever do Fall of Flo Rida. Oh man, fall of flow rider. That's a fun <laughs> idea. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, we, we mean I don't know how big his discog is, but like we, 
definitely should be getting into some of his stuff as we get into like later uh, Wayne records, just because, yeah, he was also somebody else that was, I don't know, well, I started, not necessarily say aping, but like a peer of Wayne's for sure during like the later years. He's, such a, period. he's such a weird guy. It almost, I almost feel like Flo Rida isn't a real person because like <laughs> I kind of know what he looks like, but I don't. And like there's a TC bit where they talk about Travis Scott like this, like no one on the show actually knows exactly what Travis Scott looks like. And they're like, does he really exist even? Or was it like, oh, but I feel that way about Flo Rida. Like he's not on anyone. Like he's not involved with any other artists. You know what I mean? He's just like this weird, like, yeah, guy with a ton of hits who's like not connected to anything. Yeah, this yeah. seems to exist in the ether without any kind of. Time. <laughs> I, I'm curious too. And we're gonna get into some of like, yeah, obviously like you know Wayne interacting with more. I mean, we I mentioned Robin Thicke being on the card too, but like when he starts showing up on college compilations, when like. You know, he starts... Those you know, just, pop features come in more, too? Yeah, because, I mean, he was, I mean, definitely a big feature player for like, quite a long time. And, like, I mean, even, like, last couple of years, that's where some of his best work has appeared. And, I mean, not just, you know, as whatever, like, him being a, like, as far as, like, his own work is concerned, but I also think, just in general, he's become one of the better feature artists that I've heard in recent memory, just as consistently, last uh, couple of years. So, 100% couldn't agree like, more. That, uh, you know, that's something that we haven't quite gotten to yet, but, I mean, I'm sure... Maybe the next episode or the episode after, when we're getting into some of the like mid or late aughts years, that's, we're going to start to see him pop up in a lot of other songs. Oh, God, yeah. Because, I mean, again, what you're speaking to, like that kind of auto tune, like melodic sing song rap. I mean, yeah, T Pain was popularizing it, but like there are also people that just wanted Wayne on a hook or something, mm-hmm. or like just, you know, whatever because of that sort of Like the kind of thing that people look to um, the last decade and still today a little bit, like looking to figures like Future and High Dollar Sign for. I mean, Wayne was that dude. Like, that's, yep. <clears throat> See, that's why I'm bummed. I need to. I'm annoyed with myself that I missed out on the mixtapes for this. I'm gonna have to like double down for that next episode and come back with some stuff because I feel like that's where a lot of stuff starts to percolate up. Yes, too, and in, that's like, just what I was. I'd be curious. Just yeah, again, like how we talk about like these are the next ones to session, but like again, he was just putting out so much music that you know that some of the stuff is gonna bleed, you know, back and forth. And like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if like yeah, some of those mixtapes are just as good as. Carter two, three, you know, what have you. Like, yeah. I mean, those are obviously held in very high regard. So it'll be yeah. fun to get into more of those. So looking ahead, it looks like yeah, Carter two, Manny Fresh appears to be like you said, completely gone from the just mix. shocking. Yeah, I, I definitely want to so, look into that a little bit more. Yeah, we got to see what the background is on that for sure. Um, and then it, it, we do start to get a little more pop, like you said. Robin Thicke starts to percolate in. There's only one Birdman feature, which is interesting. That is, yeah, that's a little even like that early on. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Birdman wait a minute! Feature. Currency is on. Oh shit! Was Currency this? How must old have, was Currency? Well, I was gonna say the first. I don't know if I like heard of Currency until like the early tens, but I know that he started to put out some stuff in oh seven oh eight ish. Yeah, I guess I. But this is oh five, so like this is very very early. Oh, he, so he was kind of older when he got like in twenty eleven, which is when I feel like I started to really hear about him. Yeah, he that was, was he was like sort 30. of hitting hit a stride there yeah, a little bit, but yeah. like I yeah I did not realize that. Interesting. He was doing That's that would be super interesting. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I feel like Carter Two. Like I said, this is the first one that I see me returning back to. I think Carter Two is going to be the first one where I'm like, this is a great little Wayne album, like foundational. Yeah, and it's I mean bringing me back to full circle with Fireman. Like I exactly, both wait, of like, us are both. I mean, of us. I love that song, but like just to hear it within the context of an album is going to be cool. Choo! Like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be tight. I you can spark it up, but I'm gonna put it <laughs> out. Yeah. Oh, dude, he's got a song on here also called "Best Rapper Alive." So like he is like leaning into it hard here. Thank like, God, man. Yeah, yeah. the the bragged. I mean, you know that's something we get with a lot of rappers, but like I mean, Lil Wayne. 
you know, lays it on thick and, you know, deservedly so. We're getting into a period now where he was considered one of, if not the best at that moment, you know, by and large. So, like, you know, him, who, would like, he be, who would he be competing with? I mean, he, when he talks about his peak era, it's like what, um, like 04? Oh, we're talking about Carter's the first time he says it, which is 04. Oh, 04, oh, yeah. And I think he rides that phase of like, I'm the best rapper alive out through like 2008. Yeah, eight, I'd say. Who I'll is wait. there to compete with? You've got Kanye, who, let's face it, is not a rapper, right? He's like a producer who raps. He's like yeah. a pop artist more. Like, he like. Like Kanye's not a rapper, rapper. You know what I mean? Like you're never looking right. to. He's not for a rapper, like rapper. No, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah. Who else is there? Eminem is just starting to like be uh, on the downturn. What was it? Eminem is definitely at the downturn at that point. Uh, I think yeah, uh, Eminem show is like oh three or oh four. So like he's not really in the equation at this point. I was my, pa- my oh sorry, go ahead. Oh, the, and then like the past generation of like huge pop rappers are kind of starting to dis- like Ludacris, Nelly. They're all starting to like wane out. Yeah. Um, the oh, first four. person I thought of was like, oh, MF Doom, but like even by 04, like he's that's like the end of his goal. Like the best years are like really 99 to 2004 for him, and like mm-hmm. the stuff ever that's good, but like I don't know about like he was just putting out like best rapper alive sort of work past that point necessarily. And I think like maybe Pusha T comes to mind as somebody that like Clips was definitely like really good at that point. Yeah, when does Hell Half No Fury come that out? That was that's I think 06, but like the uh, we got it for broke like that tape like that those tapes were enormous. Hell Half No Fury uh, was 06, man. Look yeah. at you, I'm so yeah. impressed. That's awesome. I Shit. love that, dude. I that's, love that album. We talked about this before. That is the trivia you and me are built for. It's just like <laughs> what years did albums come out? <laughs> yes, sir. But no, I mean, I, I, again, I definitely think that he. There's some, some serious legitimacy with that. I, I don't think like there's really anybody else that I would 50 say. Fifty Cent was kind of on the way out, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly by 07 he was. Yeah. <laughs> and when graduation, oh, I sold that record. That's right. Like, that's right. Yeah. 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 I remember so, that. I mean, Fifty Cent was definitely big. He was in sort of his prime at this point, but. Because yeah. one of them was supposed to like retire, wasn't that how it was supposed to play out between Kanye and Fifty Cent? Whoever sold worse. Yeah, I mean, there, I I don't know the specifics, but that sounds familiar. Yeah, that was just the like last that stipulation. Like, do, I, do albums still go head to head anymore? That was like the last oh, one I remember man. where it was like it was a Rolling Stone cover of like their faces in profile, almost like a like a boxing poster. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, they had that whole thing of, like, whoever sells less records has to quit. And, like... Well, obviously, we don't have, like, a rap beef today like there was back in the day. I mean, the closest thing was Pusha T and Drake. And, and like when they do 18, happen, it's not like, like they're, like, putting out, like, an album well, that, the Well, that's day. the thing, though. It's, like, they're diss tracks, necessarily. But, like, as far as what you're speaking to, I'll see, like, people bitch and moan about somebody else being higher on Billboard. You know? Or, like, you know, making, like, they're getting the, the top album that week or whatever. And, like, doing, like, things like selling merch and tickets to like, sort of, like, boost their streaming numbers to get to number one. And... You know, college shade of Tyler when I think Igor, or I think it was Igor, got number one over him. Like, just like you know, little thinly veiled, like you know, snarky remarks like that. But I don't think like full blown, just like like Oasis Blur era. Like, no, we're putting out singles on the same day. Like, who's going to be top of the charts? Yeah, like. I saw Iggy Azalea tweeting at Peppa Pig on the that first record <laughs> about like being pissed that like that Peppa Pig record was coming out on the same day as the, hers. The and Peppa I'm sure Pig did, record got the better pitchfork yeah. review. Oh, I'm sure. Well, it definitely did. <laughs> That's that, hilarious. That, that record wasn't reviewed. I think the first one came out on the same day as an Iggy Azalea record. I'm sure it did much better, but. <laughs> Uh, the second one that came out recently got Piggy a six Azalea. five, and that's much better than anything Ziggy Azalea's got on the site. So, Piggy Azalea, yeah, yeah, man. Oh my god, it's good stuff. But oh. uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to these next couple ones. It's yeah. gonna be sweet. And uh, again, just like thinking about who else was sort of active at the time, who he was working with. Like, I know him and Pusha have had beef for a while, and I don't know when that necessarily started. But I would say that yeah, they're for sure two of the better rappers, if not like yeah, 
within the top five. Yeah, we visibly. should keep an eye too on like on because like yeah, I mean there was always going to be like underground rappers that are like oh they were whatever, but as far as like people putting out records that were like you know widely reviewed and like you know just acknowledged so to speak, I don't think that that many that come to mind are quite on their level. But, I need to you know, track down. To look at, I want to track down like a good little Wayne timeline too of just like because I feel like I'm just paying attention to the discography and like. Like when records come out, I want to start paying attention to also to like yeah, like when he had his first child and like when beef starts with mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, like keeping up on those personal, personal life other side of I'm it. I'm pretty sure the, like literally that uh, uh, Drake Pusha T beef was just carried over from the yes. Wayne stuff. Like that yep. was literally just like you know from that when he signed it was like okay now the, my beef is your beef. <laughs> yep, it was like the Hatfield and McCoys just like passing yes. down generational <laughs> <That's> beef. <right. laughs> I hope that continues on through life. Like Pusha T's kid oh raps, and then we've God. got like Adonis, whatever Drake's kid is that his name, Adonis? Yes. What a horrible name. <laughs> how do you who, how do you name your kid Adonis? I can't remember. That's like a yeah. is that his name for sure? I'm, well, I'm I'm almost positive. Like he obviously said it in the song. I think I looked it up shortly afterwards. I'm almost positive his son's name is Adonis. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Fun you stuff. Want, want to go out on that or yeah. <laughs> Adonis forever? Ecstasy out, baby. 